0: We're going to jump into the Word, so I just invite you to pray with me as we open up the Word of God and and allow it to do its work in our hearts and, and lives. Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you that you have purposed uh, for us to be here today to encounter you in your Word. And so we pray, Lord, reveal yourself to us, Lord, in a new way. Maybe you remind us. Maybe it's... Uh, a challenge for us. Maybe you need to shake us out of a an old mindset or maybe we've we've given up and you need to bring us back to life. Lord, we pray, word of God, do your work in us in Jesus name. Amen. You know, a lot of things are limited, but God is not limited. <laughs> he is not limited. You know, you might feel like you're You've tried things and you just can't get through things, and you just kind of come up to the same thing in your life, and you just say, "You know what? I just can't seem to get over this." Well, God is not held back; He doesn't, He is not limited in any way. And uh, I want to just encourage you: this could be a new day for you. Um, uh, we're in our series called "Called," and uh, this is the the fourth uh, week we've been preaching along this line. So, if you haven't been following, uh, the messages and you want to catch up, you can find those on our YouTube channel, uh, Gateway Church PG, and you can catch up. And uh, But you can just jump in today and just join in. But we've been talking about being called. And I just want to remind you, if you got the card on your chair, if you like to fill in the blanks and take notes, you can do that. And if you don't have one, just put your hand up and the ushers will bring you that. But the first uh, line there, it says, my call means... And uh, three things that we've talked about in past weeks means my assignment, my life mission, or my life purpose, right? So we're talking about our call. Uh, It doesn't mean necessarily our job. It doesn't mean uh, what I'm going to be when I grow up. This is what God has in store for you. This is what he's assigned for you to do in your life. This is the mission that he has for you to fulfill. Maybe you feel like, oh man, I don't know if I could figure it out. Well, I want to encourage you. One of the ways that we, we learn to walk in mission with God is we learn to walk in step with the Holy Spirit we learn to take steps in obedience and begin to follow the Holy Spirit so if the Holy Spirit is urging you to maybe call somebody or maybe to pray for somebody or maybe to take a step of obedience maybe it's uh I remember when I was young and and uh and one of my friends said I'm gonna start tithing and I said to him you're nuts you're nuts that's a lot of money I'm not, I'm not doing that. He said, why not? I said, because I'm, that's too much money. I, I, I can't afford that. But after he told me that, it just was like this recording going in my mind uh, uh, to, 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 to uh, obey the Lord and give a tithe. And it wasn't a matter of weeks When I said, you know what, I feel like that's you, God, convicting me, and I tithed. And you know what, I've been tithing ever since. I don't think I've ever missed since. I've just been doing it. And uh, maybe maybe it's something like that, where God is urging you to take a step. And uh, in following the Holy Spirit, and when you start to do that, you know what, all of a sudden, he starts to open the door of your mission, of your purpose. And it starts to grow. And uh, I believe it's going to be much more than just, you know, giving a tithe to God. But he has big things for you to to f- fulfill in your life. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are what? called according to his purpose for them. That's what the word says. And for uh, God knew his people in advance and he chose them to what? Become like his son. And that's what we're going to be talking about is God has called you uh, first of all to be loved God called you to belong, and today we're gonna be talking about God has called you to become and who he's called you to become, like is his son. The third call of the believer is to become like Jesus. How do we become like Jesus? How do we do that? That sounds uh hard to become like Jesus. What do we what do we do? Do we just gotta like do we just gotta like copy him or is there some uh, Bible school course that we've got to take? You know, sometimes uh, Carla will be talking to me, and I'll realize that I did not hear a thing she said. Anybody have that problem? Maybe some of you guys, your wife is saying, or your your mom is saying something, your dad is saying something to me, or your boss is saying something to you, and it's something that you actually don't want to hear because it's, you know, like it's going to be hard, or it's going to take some time, or... You're going to have to put some effort into it or whatever. And it's like you just can easily tune out. That, that's a pulse and gift, I think, that we have. But, but I think many of us actually have. Sometimes Carla does that. And Jesus, he actually told us in, uh, in the gospel, he said, If anyone would come after me, or if anyone would become like me, he's saying, if you want to become like me, let him... Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's what Jesus said. And so we can all like we can like hear that and say, Oh, I don't hear that. <laughs> you know, I want just the fun stuff, Jesus. I want just the enjoyment and you you forgiving me and you helping me find a beautiful wife, and getting a good job, and a nice car, and all that stuff. That's the part I want to hear. And Jesus said, oh, I want you to hear something, and, and we can sometimes tune out. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him to come. And you wonder why that blank is so small, because the answer is die. Die. That's what Jesus invites us to. Is, it, what, is he asking us to, to kill ourselves? No, Jesus is asking us. It's a great paradox of following Jesus, right? Uh, he's asking us to, to lay down our own lives and live the life that he has called us to of mission and purpose and assignment. Ephesians 2.4 says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us what alive with Christ even when we were what dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved so we find in the in the gospel narrative that what happens is Jesus takes our deadness and he redeems us you know Jesus didn't come to make bad people good if you're taking notes he came to make dead people alive, right? He didn't come so you would be good. You know, there's all kinds of people that I talk to that are they're, they're, they're telling me, when I stop this, when I start this, then I will follow God. Then God can use me. That's when, that's when my life will start. Well, you know what? The reality of the gospel is Jesus did not come so that he could attract good people. Jesus came to make dead people alive. And that's the, that's the powerful story. And that's the paradox that we're talking about today. That Jesus is asking us to give up our lives so that he can make us alive. <laughs> you want to be more alive? <laughs> then you need to be more dead. <laughs> you need to give up your life more to Jesus. We become more like Jesus It's not a a theory. It's not a, a rule book. But we become more like Jesus as we encounter his resurrection power. That's how we become more like him. We encounter the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus. (laughs) we realize, you know what? In me, there's nothing good. In him, everything is good. And as I lay my life down, he takes my life and he redeems it and he changes it. So today we want to talk about five steps. And this is from the Hebrews journey. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 talks about a race that God has for us on how we can become, how we can encounter the resurrection power of Jesus. And so Uh, I was thinking about the Olympics when I jotted these notes down. And we're also preaching out of a series of messages uh, by Rick Warren and uh, using some of his uh, outlines and that sort of thing. So uh, five steps in our journey to become more like Jesus. Number one, I simplify my life. So one of the ways we can encounter the resurrection power of Jesus is by simplifying my life. Have you ever tried... To follow something, you ever tried to go on a diet, you ever tried to like make a change in your life? You know, you're gonna start getting up early and exercising, you're gonna, you're going to, you know, I'm gonna start to pray, I'm gonna start to follow Jesus. Have you ever tried to make changes to your life? Huh? Have you ever tried? Well, when you do, you've known the same experience probably that I have found is that the people around us try to stop you. (laughs) It's like they don't want you to do well. Uh, They don't want you to keep doing, uh, uh, improving. They want you to keep doing everything that you used to do. One of the reasons why is because it validates them. (laughs) It validates them in what they're doing, right? If you're not going to change, then they don't have to change and all that sort of thing. Well, Hebrews 12 1 says, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. So when we simplify our lives, one of the things we're doing is we're not necessarily picking up extra things. We're not trying to start new things. But what Paul is urging us to do is to let go. To let go of things in our lives. To stop things that are in our lives. Let go of sin. Let go of regrets. Let go of hurts. Uh, let go of the expectations that others put on on you. You know, you have a choice. (laughs) We can live our lives trying to please people. We can live our lives trying to please our parents. And I'm not urging you to just be rebellious, but sometimes, you know, our parents are just expecting us to to live the life they didn't live, <laughs> you know. They can say they can be telling you, you should be doing that, and you should be doing that. And it's the things that they wish they would have done with their lives. You need to live the life that God has called you to live. You could live the life your friends wanted you to live, your boss wanted you to live, the culture wants you to live, or you can decide to live the life, your life, For what is going to please God and you can simplify your life by letting go of the things that are entangling your life. It was kind of funny this week. My wife and I were uh, in Jasper and we were walking down the street and they've set up these little uh, patios along the road in the front with canopies and picnic tables and that sort of thing. And I kind of was joking because... We had a canopy at our campsite and a picnic table. I said, hey, they're doing what we're doing at our campsite. You know, these fancy restaurants. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Anyways, there was, a, there was a lady that caught my eye. She had beautiful uh, makeup. Like, her, like it was like she was in a magazine or something, right? And sunglasses and a hat. And her kids were across the table and they were trying to get her attention. And she had a fancy drink. I don't know. It probably has a name. And she was holding it in one hand and she was holding her phone in the other hand. And her kids were trying to get her attention, and she was saying, shh, shh, like this, to them. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we can be so concerned about what other people think about us? That we look happy, that we're perfect, we're living a perfect life. I, if I was like, I wish I could put it, well, you know, video that and put it on her page. <laughs> but how many of us do that? We're so concerned about what other people think of us. It holds us back from living the life that God has for us to live. You might be here this morning and you, you've just been wound up Worried about what other people think of you. I want to encourage you. There's someone more important, and that's Jesus. And he thinks something about you. You know what he thinks about you? He loves you. Oh, he loves you, and you belong to him. You belong in his family. He's invited you. He's engaged you, and he's asking you to let go. Let go of some of those things that are holding you back. Let them go. Let them go. Let the concerns go. You know, what it takes is some humility. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, it just takes a little bit of humility and say, You know what? I was wrong. I was doing it that way. And I just need to say, You know what, Lord? I'm sorry. That was wrong of me. Maybe you need to tell your family. Maybe you need to tell your wife. You know, I've been concerned about this. I've been doing that. But, you know, I just need to humble myself before God and ask him to forgive me. You know, uh, I want to encourage you too. Some of you couples, uh, it's time to simplify your life. It's time to walk together. You know, you're busy living these busy lives—one going this way and one going that way—and every, you know, it's like chaos. God has asked you to walk together. You wonder why you're having challenges in your relationship. It's time to walk together walk, humble yourselves, you know, one, one has to lay, sometimes lay down their agenda or their wants or their needs for the other one and prefer, the Bible says, one another. Number two, another step we can take is leave the rat race for God's race. So when I say the rat race, I'm talking about the futile things we do. It's the accumulation of stuff, uh, that we are going after. You know, if I could just get this thing or get that thing, then I'll be happy. Uh, If I can just have that experience or this experience, I'll be happy. If I could just have that pleasure, if I could just do that thing, then I would be happy. Which in the end, all of those things really don't matter. (laughs) In fact, we were talking about this with Barry and Karen just the other night, about how we can accumulate things and And so on in our lives. But it comes to a place where we start realizing all these things that we have really aren't a joy. They're actually a burden in our lives. And we start wondering how can I get rid of the stuff that I have? You ever notice that there's all these decluttering shows on TV? that are so popular, or uh, what's that other thing, hoarding shows and all that. It's so popular because people are trying to get rid of the stuff they've got because they realize stuff does not bring them joy. It doesn't bring them closer to their purpose. It actually holds them back. What we need is not more stuff. It's more purpose. You know, David said this uh, in the book of Psalms. He said, love for your house." O oh Lord has consumed me. <laughs> he was consumed for a love for God's house and serving God. That's what, what his uh, purpose was about and that's what he lived his life for. Hebrews 12:1 says, "And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us." You know, one thing we see that God's race is not rushed. He says that word endurance. Uh, some of the translation says, run with patience. And sometimes we're in a hurry to get what God wants. And, and man, I was feeling it this spring. We were trying to hire staff, like Pastor Kimmy said. And we were, we were really trying to make this happen. And we, we, we realized in prayers, you know what? God is not in a hurry like we're in a hurry. He's got a different agenda. He had something else to show us. Praise God that we had some wise elders around, men and women that love God, and were saying, you know what, let's slow down. Let's make sure we're hearing what God is saying. Because God is not in a rush. You know, can God be in a rush? Can he get things done quickly? Yes, he can. But oftentimes, he's not. He's growing us in maturity, and that will take time. Your maturity race is going to sometimes be a long race. You know, a mushroom grows in 6 hours an oak tree grows in 60 years what would you rather be a mushroom or an oak tree huh what would you rather be how can we leave the rat race i get, i just jotted down three things one risk your comfort for radical obedience risk your comfort for radical obedience where are you Obeying God radically. Matthew 16, 25 says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. That's the words of Jesus. You know, Jesus is not asking you to be weird. He's not asking you to be repulsive. But he's asking you, would you love radically? Would you sacrifice radically? Would you serve radically what is there that's radical in your life? One of the ways you can leave the rat race is be radical in your obedience to God. I just encourage you, be crazy about obeying God. Find a way. Maybe it's the, uh, the uh, ministry multipliers. You think, a year of apprenticing and serving and being on a team that's going to lead people in ministries, I don't know how I could do it. Well, if God's calling you to do it, I encourage you, be radical. Take a step of faith. Number two, pursue a revival of one. Joel 2:20 says, 28 says, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. You know, all people starts with one person, and that's you. God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on you. And sometimes we're so concerned about everybody else and making rules. We, you know, I get thinking like that. we got to make a rule for that. And we got to make a rule for that. we got to stop that. Well, you know what? We don't actually have to do that. What we have to do is pursue a relationship with God and invite His Holy Spirit to encounter us and empower us to live our lives for God. You know, living the life uh, Jesus has for you, empowered by His Spirit, will do more in you and through you than you could ever do with a bunch of rules. That last third one, take the time. John 15, 5, and I've preached this before, so I'm going to take a lot of time on this, but I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus said, if you remain in me, remain, take the time. Are you taking the time to remain in Jesus? Number three, uh, another step we can take in Uh, encountering the resurrection power of Jesus. I pursue Jesus more than, and this might bug some of you, and I don't have an answer for that. That's got to be your answer. What is it that you're pursuing? What is it that's consuming your thought life? What is it that you want more than anything right now? Is it worry? Is it work? Is it a trip? Is it school? Is it friends? Is it plans? Is it girls? What is it? You put in there, what is it? I pursue Jesus more than that. I promise I won't look. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us keep looking to Jesus. Our faith comes from him, and he is the one who makes it perfect. You know, when we're looking to Jesus, what does he do? He perfects our faith. He, resurrection power uh, comes into our life and and into our faith. Maturity doesn't develop through comparing as much as it does through example. You know, comparing tends to focus us on what we don't have. Think I'm going to grow by comparing. Oh, if I could just have, if I could just be as amazing as Pastor Kimmy, thinking of Hebrew words and, Yahweh's and all those, man, I would be amazing. I would be awesome. Right? If I just had, if I just had uh, shoes like Frank, then I would be awesome. Right? We, we can compare. But what comparing tends to focus us on, on what we don't have, what we lack, the talents we don't have, et cetera, et cetera, and what we can't do because we're not as good as that other person example, on the other hand, tends to focus us on our potential, what God can do in and through me. I had a teacher in Bible school who was an amazing man. He he was really talented. He was flamboyant. He moved in the gifts of the Spirit. And I just remember thinking, man, I just, for, first he really bugged me, to be honest. But, <laughs> but I fell in love with this guy, and I spent a lot of time. I'd go talk with him. He'd, t- he'd take time with me and I can remember saying I don't know how you can do all you do. You're so busy. You got a family and you got all these opportunities. I don't know how you can balance it all. I, if I could just be, do a part of it. And You know what? He would just encourage me. Greg, he would just point out, "You could do this." And he would and he he gave me opportunities. You know, where I didn't even think I could do something. He gave me an op. He saw something. And he gave me an opportunity. And he was an example to me. He encouraged me. He gave me, gave me uh, uh, a way. And, gave- and one of the things he gave me was his time just to listen to me and encourage me, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? I still think of that man, which was probably th- over 30 years ago, who was in my life for a couple of years and I think that man had a profound impact on me because he was an example to me, right? An example. So we can be comparing. We can have it, we, can, we can. be an example, right? We could kind of make ourselves look good and point out how awesome we are and how someone else can't add up, or we can be an example. You, can, you can't become like Jesus if you don't spend time with Jesus. Find a place you can be alone with him. Talk it out. With him. You know, I encourage you to talk out loud when you pray. Pray your prayers out loud. It's amazing what happens. One of the reasons I love to preach so much is because I hear myself make declarations of faith. And when you do that in your prayer life, it'll actually encourage your spirit. You'll be actually preaching to yourself, encouraging yourself to be more and do more. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, None of our faces are covered with a veil. All of us can see the Lord's glory and think deeply about it. So we're being changed to become. <laughs> That's that word. We're being changed to become more like him so that we have more and more glory. And this glory comes from the Lord who is the Holy Spirit. You know, God has more for you. More and more, the scripture says. More and more. He wants to do in you. He's maturing you. That's his heart for you. He has not given up on you. He has, he's sticking with you so that you can become, and he's asking you, would you pursue, pursue me? Get your face pointed towards me, because as you do that, I am going to change you and this glory is going to come from the Holy Spirit. We look for a book. We look for a message. We look for a YouTube video. We look for an experience that's going to change our lives. If we just listen to that thing, then that's what's going to do it for me. It's like a silver bullet from a gun. (laughs) <laughs> the Holy Spirit got me. And, you know, from time to time, that actually happens. But you think about instant things in life. Think about instant coffee or instant potatoes or microwaves. Can you imagine if you were invited over to someone's house and said, we're going to have ribs tonight. I'm going to cook them in the microwave. <laughs> You'd be like, Really? <laughs> Spiritual maturity is not instant. It happens as we spend time with Jesus, as we're gazing into his face. You know, our brains have something called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. You know, mirror neuron is something that happens in our, it's a pathway in your brain that when you see someone else feeling something... You feel what they're feeling. Sometimes we refer to it as empathy and things like that. (laughs) Huh? A yawn. We see fear uh, in a movie. We feel afraid. We see... uh, we see the jubilation on, uh, on uh, I can't even think of any of those Olympians' face when they cross the finish line and get a gold. And what do we do? Oh, no, we're like, ah! We feel it, right? We see a couple kiss. Mm, we smile. We maybe remember a time when we experienced a similar thing. As you see Jesus, as you see Jesus, you begin to feel what he feels. As you got your eyes on him, and you'll become more like him. Number four, I'm going to do these last two really fast. I expect my faith to be tested. Number four, I expect my faith to be tested. Hebrews 12 says, Jesus did not give up when he had to suffer shame and die on a cross. He knew the joy that would be his later now he's sitting at the right hand of God. You know, problems in life are going to happen. It's for sure. And when they do happen, testing gives an opportunity. Problems give an opportunity for us to experience God's glory. You know, if everything was perfect, you would never experience God's goodness. So, yet, you experience a challenge. It's an opportunity for God to show you his goodness. Uh, Testing can cause you to grow. You know, as you pass a test, you become ready for a greater test. And testing causes me to learn, lean more on Jesus. You know, shame in this verse says, Jesus did not give up when he had to suffer shame. It's a weapon of the devil. It's a weapon of our enemy that wants to stop us from living our call. That's what he uses, shame. And God has given us a way to let go of the shame. And that is the cross of Jesus. Number five, I gather a team to run with me. No one can run for you, but... In a team, you can run together with others. And this is the church. This is small groups. This is teams and ministry teams serving together. In Hebrews 10, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near." You know, Jesus, Jesus has put you in family, in church, in small group, in a team. And if you're not in those things, he's wanting to place you in those things. He's wanting you to cooperate with him. Because those things will do, and they're listed there on your sheet, practice your faith. Give you an opportunity to practice your faith together. Walking together, he, having Praying together and having an answered prayer. I was hearing Pastor Kimmy saying a number of young people gave their lives to the Lord this week. And I was so excited for the team, right? The team of young people that are serving together this summer. Practicing their faith together. Praying and believing it would happen. And they saw it happen, right? That's one of the ways that faith grows. Know each other well. And love each other anyways, right? When people actually know you and still like you. Huh? Huh? When people know me and like me, I am really thrilled, right? You don't know me that well, I'm not so thrilled. Uh, be there for each other and build the courage of others. Let's stand up. We're going to close. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you the answers. Is there, is there another blank there? Jesus is my greatest companion and faithful friend You know, I want to encourage you. Jesus is cheering you on in your your relationship with him. Jesus wants you to encounter his resurrection power. And I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you just, maybe you've never encountered Jesus before. Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. Uh, But you're curious. You want to know him. And the way you do it is you just invite him into your life. And so I want to just love to lead you in a prayer. You know, Jesus gave up his life for you so that you could encounter resurrection life. He gave up his life so you could let go of your shame. Nothing holding you back. Nothing standing between you and God. And Jesus is able to do that because he was perfect in every way. He laid down his life on the cross. He was resurrected on the third day and was victorious over sin and death. And he wants to give you this gift of freedom to be set free. And all you need to do to receive it is ask him for it. So i just love to, if you would pray along with me. Maybe you're at home watching online. Maybe you're here in the room. Say, Jesus, I'm opening my life, my heart to you right now. I'm asking you in faith, would you come? Would you forgive me? Would you take my old life and make it new? Lord, I I want my old life to be gone. I'd I'd like it just to die. I want to live a new life. I want to live for you. I want to live for purpose. I want to live my call. I want to be free to enjoy everything you have for me. And I receive you now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We congratulate you if you prayed that prayer this morning. And if you are here this morning and you you're just you're just feeling like God is speaking to you, I just want to encourage you. Do not leave here today without encountering his resurrection power in your life. Just open your heart. We're going to sing a song, and I just want to encourage you. Open your heart and say, Jesus, I'm taking a step right now towards you. I need your resurrection power in my life. I know I'm called to become. I've given up before. I've been discouraged before, but I feel like you have something more for me, and I want to receive it today in Jesus' name.